Hi, I am Nicole J. Georges. I am a queer, feminist, vegan cartoonist, teacher, and advice columnist living in Portland, Oregon with my half-blind chihuahua, Ponyo Georges. <coughs> Welcome to our podcast, Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the Today on Sagittarian Matters, we present a special edition Mancast, a podcast dedicated to some of the straight men in my life. Alec Longstreth tells us about parenting as a cartoonist and answers the question, can men really have it all? Noah Van Skyver tells us why he doesn't like drawing sex, and I hear how cartoonist Stephen Collins was advised to kill himself upon entering the United States of America. Stay tuned. at a zine symposium that I organized in the early 2000s. He was wearing glasses with no lenses, and I immediately gave him a hard time. We have since become great friends. We've both taught at the Center for Cartoon Studies and California College of the Arts MFA in Cartooning Program. Alec is the author of an epic fantasy graphic novel called Basewood, a zine called Phase 7, and a webcomic for kids called The Isle of Elsie. He is also my personal productivity coach. You can find him in all things at aleclongstreth.com. And that noise was a canon because this was recorded in Colonial Williamsburg. This is Nicole Georges at the Mocha Comics Fest in New York City with my friend and personal productivity coach... Alec Longstreth. Hi, Sagittarian Matters listeners. Hi, Did Alec. I get that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Alec, you're my productivity coach. Okay. What, what does that entail? Uh, emailing you, checking in, listening to what current projects you have in your plate, trying to assess that information in your current schedule and different responsibilities, whether that be personal obligations, teaching, whatever, and then trying to come up with a realistic schedule with obtainable goals that you can achieve. And over the month of November, I think? Yeah, we emailed like every day. We emailed every day to check in on how we were doing on our projects. Yes, I was, my wife was like nine months pregnant and was about to have her baby, so I was trying to get some projects done. And Nicole, you're working on your forthcoming graphic novel, Fetch, um, and so you were trying to make uh, obtainable progress on that as well. I need to say one more thing before we get to the heart of this, which is that Alec is my friend who worked on an incredible graphic novel called Basewood. A, I saw, I saw Alec working on it, and he was working really big, and I was like, that looks like a great idea, so I started working really big. Um, I started working at 14 by 17, which is twice the size of my pages, and then when he was done, Alec said, that was the worst mistake of my life. Yeah, it was like me jumping off a dock with an anchor in my hands, and Nicole was like, wait, wait, let me grab that chain, and I pulled her down with me. <laughs> because I was like, is that how you make a graphic novel? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and then we were on the bottom of the ocean going, we've made a huge mistake. <laughs> but now I'm hooked on working that big, and I can't work smaller. Really? Yeah, I really like it. So I do an exercise with my students now called Drawing Small, and I say, okay, draw it like a comfortable size. Now draw half that big. Now draw half that big. And I make them draw smaller and smaller. See, like, see, you can do it. You can draw small. And then your pages get smaller. It's less surface area to color. You're a faster, happier, more productive cartoonist. 
I see, I see. Um, but Alec is also my friend who, at some point, he decided he really wanted to dedicate himself to basswood. So he shaved off all of his hair on his head and face. I left my eyebrows, but yeah. He left his eyebrows, thank God. And so then he didn't cut it again until he was done with basswood, which he thought would take about a year or two. Yeah. But it took about three and a three half, and a half years. years. Yeah. So well, the he, book took seven years, but yeah, the beard part was three and a half years. So Alec walked around looking like Hagrid or a hobo Hagrid. I was Hagrid for Halloween that year, yeah, one of those years. And people, like, clutched their children closer on the subway. I got extra TSA, security, random, quote-unquote, I'm doing scare quotes, random security checks at the airport. Yeah, it was, it was real fun. My mom hated it. Uh, Somebody used his photo to illustrate what an unemployed person looks like on their website. Yeah, a company, without my permission, took one of my photographs of my beard and and put it on a Facebook ad that said, Are you unemployed? (laughs) (laughs) And then even, like, a guy was having Alex send him photographs of his beard for money. Beard fan. The now deleted Flickr account. Beard fan. Beard fan dot biz? (laughs) Something like that, yeah. Hold on real quick. We got to answer a question. Okay, Alec, I have you here today on Sagittarian Matters because you are not only a cartoonist, but also a parent. And that seems like next level. And I think that you have some tips. You are my productivity coach, and though I am a barren lesbian. Not for long. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, yeah, so I mean, I I think the first step was my wife and I were talking about having a kid, and so... I took a whole year off of going to comic conventions to just prep. I, it's basically like getting ready for war, you know, like, okay, I'm going to have this kid. My time's about to become very limited. Some of the stuff we just talked about, redesigning how I draw comics so that they're smaller, faster, more efficient, so that if I can get an hour here or there, I can actually accomplish something, you know, like an hour on a basewood page is like throwing money down a well, um, whereas like an hour on my new project, Isle of Elsie, is like I can get half a page penciled. Um, so just sort of preparing for that stuff, uh, holding up, penciling as many pages as I could, scripting as many pages as I could, um, because for me, those parts of the comics process are more, like, I have to be, like, awake and cognizant to, like, write, um, but I could, like, basically ink while I'm asleep, um, so saving the, the later parts of the process for when I had the kid, um, and then once the kid arrived... I got great tips from all sorts of cartoonists, you know, get like a baby carrier that you can wear, get a standing desk. That was Jamie Tanner gave me that, um, the great cartoonist and uh, Kickstarter comic supporter. Um, You know, you can stand at your desk and get some comics, like do some Photoshop work on your comics or do some coloring, digital coloring. You can do that while you're taking care of your child and they're looking at you so there's no like screen time, you know, disasters. Yeah, and then just, you know, sort of letting go of this dream of the zone. You know, you're never going to have six hours to, like, get in the zone. And, you know, some some cartoonists I know, they'll say, oh, you know, I can only work if I have 12 hours. I need a whole day to, like, really get in the zone. Um, And that's, like, never going to happen again. So um, it's just like, oh, I got 15 minutes. You know, I'm going to sit down, commit to at least 15 minutes a day. And you'll just be surprised. You know, you'll think, oh, I can't get anything done in 15 minutes. Well... I penciled a panel, and then, you know, if you pencil a panel every day, by the end of the week, you've penciled a page, and then by the end of the next week, you've inked it, and, you know, even if you just keep that pace, you'll have uh, 25 inked pages at the end of the year or something, so you're making progress. That's another issue of Phase 7, which can then be a chapter in my next book or whatever, so... Um, yeah, it's working. You know, my daughter was born on January 16th, and 
I've drawn comics every day since, and I spend lots of time with her, but I'm getting some comics done, and every once in a while the grandparents will come over and I'll get like a magical two-hour block where I can just draw, and um, you're more efficient because you're also, you know, I think when you don't have a child, it's like, yeah, I'm drawing, but I've got my phone in my hand and I'm looking at Twitter or oh, I'm going to stretch my back and get up and go look at Facebook or something. And when your time becomes so consolidated and precious, it's like, okay, I've got two hours. I'm going to draw for two hours, and you're really efficient. So. Yeah. You're the person who told me if you can draw even 15 minutes a day, that's something. And so now when I'm like, oh, I don't have time to work today, and then I just have 15 minutes that I would be dicking away on Instagram, I'm like, 15 minutes of drawing is still 15 minutes of drawing. Well, and I got that advice from Jason Shiga, who was telling me about Gene um, Yang drawing American-born Chinese. He has, like, four kids, works full-time as a high school math teacher, and it was like, you know, he's waking up at 5 in the morning. I don't know if all these numbers are right, yeah, yeah. but he's waking up at 5 in the morning. He would draw for 15 minutes, and then it's like, okay, well, and then the kids get up, and then I got to get them ready for school, and then I got to go to school, and then I got to plan all my lessons and come home and do dinner, and you know, da, da, da. But it's like, yeah, if you do that, you know, you're, you're, uh, that's like a four-panel grid for that comic, pretty much. So he's inking a page every week. That's 50 pages a year. I don't know how long the book is, you know, 150 pages. Yeah. So in three years, you drew a graphic novel. It takes three years to draw a graphic novel anyways for people who do have all day to draw or whatever. Yeah. So, um, no, it's amazing. It's like a very important lesson is to just stick with it, draw comics every day, even if it's only for 15 minutes. Question, are you still married to comics? Yes, I am. It, inside my wedding ring uh, from my wife, Claire, it says DCED, which is draw comics every day. Does that say that in hers, too? No. She has my grandmother's ring that doesn't say anything in it. (laughs) Does she mind that you're in a polygamous marriage? She's pretty open to it. She's supportive. It keeps me happy, you know. I don't know. If I didn't have my mistress comics or whatever. My Her sister wife. wife? Yeah. There you go. Oh, my God. I didn't. I don't even know the terminology. Comics is her sister wife. That's like if you were on a Mormon compound. Right. The wives are sister wives. Right. And there's like a little bit of tension between them, but they keep it civil. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like they like get to like take turns spending the night in your room or having to spend the night in your room, depending on the situation. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, Alec, what is your final advice for young cartoonists? Um, Well, I guess on the topic that we're talking about, it would just be like if you think you want to have kids, I'd say go for it. And it is obtainable, and you can do it, and you can still keep drawing comics. Um, I was very scared, like, oh, my God, if I have a kid, I'll never be able to draw comics again because life's going to just be too crazy. You can manage it. You know, use your community for support, family members, friends. You know, someone says, oh, I could come over and hold the baby for an hour. I say, yes, please do that. Yeah. And don't feel bad about taking an hour and drawing your comics because that's will keep you happier, and then you'll be happier for your kid, and they'll be proud of you, and you can be a better parent so it's it's you can have it all i'm i'm like can men have it all i'm the i'm the male liz lemon or something (laughs) alec says you can have it all thanks alec thanks for being on sagittarian matters wait what's your sign my sign i'm a libra oh you are i love libras i would peg you for a virgo because you're so organized Uh, uh, it was great to know okay thanks for being on the podcast thanks nicole Noah Van Skyver is a super prolific cartoonist who hates being called prolific. He's the author of the comics The Hypo, Blamo, St. Cole, Fonte Bukowski, and more. He seriously never stops cartooning. I had the occasion to talk with Noah in the 
VIP lounge of the Angoulême International Comics Festival in France this year, where we sat near a piano and sipped cognac cocktails as we deserve. In this interview, we mention his current position as fellow at the Center for Cartoon Studies, an MFA program in White River Junction, Vermont, where I was also the fellow in 2013. Noah has a book coming out in June called Disquiet, which is a collection of his best short stories and illustrations. It will be out with Fanagraphics, and I think you might like it. Please enjoy my conversation with Noah Van Skyver. Okay, you are the fellow at the Center for Cartoon Studies. Yeah. As I was. You live in the creepy hotel across the street. Yeah. You were recently giving an artist talk to the students. Uh-huh. And one of the students asked you, Noah Van Skyver, why do you draw so many losers in your work? Why do you just draw these loser guys? Yeah, and I, and I said, you write what you know. <laughs> you like that answer. I don't know. Did they like that? <laughs> I mean, it shut them up. So I'm sure they went back to their studio and were like, he's such a, I hate that guy. He's the worst. Do you feel like you're part of the line of like, um, I don't know how to describe them. Like there's guys that are like, right now they're like sad dads, like Chris mm-hmm. Ware, Dan Klaus. Like guys that are kind of like, dads. like, well now they're dad aged. You're not oh, dad aged. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of like, they're kind of grouchy mm-hmm. cartoonists that are like, this is my cross to bears, I'm a cartoonist. Oh no, I don't feel like I like drawing, like being a cartoonist is like something I should suffer through. I like it. It's the only thing I like. Yeah. It, like a lot of other stuff is annoying to me, that's all. I feel yeah. both ways. I feel yeah. like it's an affliction, like being a, like I can't stop. Yeah, yeah. Like I complain about it. Yeah. But then I'm not going to stop, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. I'm really interested in it, but I like feeling like I'm a part of like a tradition, like an art tradition, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's been going on for a long time and I'm just like a part of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't, like I would never complain like, this is, I mean yeah, drawing comics is hard, but... I don't know. I, I usually tweet about other stuff. I usually rant about other things. I like your Twitter very much. <laughs> My Twitter rants. Your Twitter is very grouchy. <laughs> it really, I like almost every tweet that you tweet because I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is like one of the, like, you're like probably one of the three people that I go on Twitter just to. Yeah, yeah, see what I'm bitching about. Just to, yeah, I enjoy that kind of but thing. But that's kind of what Twitter is for, though, you know? Like, is it? Inst- I... Instagram is for things you like. You take mm. pictures of things, you go, ooh, that's cool, and you take a picture of it. Twitter is for going on there and being like, this sucks, this company is shit, you know? Yeah. That's what it's for. And then Tumblr is like, this is a comic I like, or look what this person did that I think is wrong. I'm going to re-tumble it and then write a piece about it, and then it gets passed on. I think you just gave me all the knowledge I need that that's, I've been trying to get social from media. Mil- I'm trying to get millennials to just to get it down, like distill it for me. Yeah. I think you just did it. I'm not a millennial, by the way. You're not. I know no, you no. must have learned this from millennials or just from your Well, own. I date young. You date young? <laughs> you go young? Yeah, I go young. <laughs> oh, God. I can't, I, I don't want to be offensive to anyone in the world, but I, I dated but, someone younger yeah. than me and afterwards, it was fun, but I was like, I think the only thing young people have going for them is that they're cute. Oh, they sure are. <laughs> they sure. But then that changes. You don't want to be cute because then you get older and Every day you fade. You look in the mirror. You're like, oh no, it's going. Now what am I gonna do? Kill myself. Kill myself. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a plan? Like, at what point you're gonna kill yourself? Oh no, I'm gonna live forever. Oh good. good I'm gonna good. be like one of those old. I'm gonna be like an Al Hirschfeld type of guy, super old but still drawing. And then everybody goes, oh, that's Noah Van Skyver, very well respected, old cartoonist. <laughs> He's so well respected. How do you take care of your hands? Do you? I don't know. Do they hurt? No, they don't. I can't believe it. 
Yeah, maybe they will eventually, but yeah, so far nothing. My wrists are like little flimsy garbage. Really? Yeah. How are you? You're right-handed. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's very buff. Do you have this? Like it's muscle here. Uh, I'm making. No, I'm showing Noah the muscle in my no, hand. I don't really have that. Like, you're buff. You have, this hand is your like hands are atrophied. This hand is like atrophied. Doesn't look at them compared to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you have more veins in your. <laughs> your veins are protruding out of your hand. Uh, veins gross me out actually, but yeah, they are kind of gross. Um, They're like little. There's blood highways. Ugh, Sick. Ugh. Um, what advice do you have for young cartoonists? You you recently oh, wrote yeah. a, a thing about that went viral. It went viral. You recently wrote a thing that went viral. Basically, you were like. You're going to die poor? Was yes. that the gist of it? That's all. Well, it's just like, that's don't... That's what I want to tell us. That's like the commencement speech at CCS. Is, yeah. You're going to die poor? It's, it's don't, this isn't a career. This is like, this is an art form. It's not, you don't get into it thinking like, oh, this is cool. Now I don't have to have a job. Because you will have to have a job. You have a, you don't have a job. No, not right now, but I'm getting ready to go back to McDonald's. I'm filling out applications. You are not filling out applications <laughs> at McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, I, I might have to. I don't know. We'll see. But you make money doing comics yeah, and illustrations, too. Yeah, I make money doing all that stuff, like selling my artwork and stuff like that, like selling the original pages. But I don't think that's something that's going to last. If it, like, lasts, that's awesome, but I don't plan on it. I don't expect it. You just had, you worked, did you really work at Panera Bread? Yeah, I did for a long time. It fucking sucks. Yeah, it did suck. Well, there was good stuff about it, too, though. Um, I was just telling the, somebody else that, like, it's good to have a job like that because... You use your time more wisely when you're not at work. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, and then you also like get really good story ideas. That uh, was one thing I liked. I liked reading your tweets about it, and I liked yeah, thinking yeah. about how it was adding texture to your life stories that you were telling. Yeah, I'm just making sandwiches for people all day. I try to tell people. Tell me if you agree with this. I try to tell people like you should have a job where you don't have to use your brain very much. Yep. So then That's you true. can go home and do your art. Yeah, absolutely. Or your art should be your job, and then maybe you have hobbies or. Yeah, that's very true. But because people, I think, get a little bit like, "Oh, I'm an artist. I shouldn't have to have a job." I've always that's a that's I'll a loser mentality, though. What do you mean? That's like I, I shouldn't have to have a job. I'm an artist. Is like this is like for losers. Yeah, like in just get it done. Just fucking do it. Just get it done. That's just, I don't. That's, I also have like a a pet peeve about people who are like this is my graphic novel and they spend ten years doing this graphic novel. Like this is it. This is my big book or whatever. And they like a. Uh, like, I love, uh, not to, I don't want to talk shit about, like, <laughs> like you know, T-Bach is my friend. Oh, yeah. But uh, he's been working on that fucking book forever. <laughs> and I don't have that mentality. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that thing. And then you just, like, get to work on it and get it done. I don't, I don't make it, I don't put it up on a pedestal where I'm like, uh, I, need to, I need to gain this much money so I can go do research to do this thing. And it, you know what I mean? It's just like, a lot of that stuff is really cool dressing, but it's not really necessary. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, you want it, the whole goal is to do, like, a lot of work in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I was talking to my friend Michelle about it, who is a professional writer. And we were talking about students I've had that think they're going to do one good book. And yeah, then yeah, that's yeah. it. And she's yeah. like, well, that's not being an artist. That's winning the lottery. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you want to win the lottery, that's winning. But if you want to be a writer and be part of this long tradition of writers and yeah, yeah. practice every day, yeah. that's a different thing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have, like, I'd rather die with, like, 15 graphic novels to my name than, like, one big one you know wait will you describe the fellowship for people that don't know the fellowship is uh well it depends on what you want out of it but basically it's like an artist in residence kind of setup right i mean you just go there and do your work they give you uh five hundred dollars for a year (laughs) come on that's being generous 
a hay penny and, and two shillings. Everything's really expensive. Yeah. And then you have to pay $40 to get it on the bus to go to the airport. <laughs> oh, yeah. To yes. get out? Yes, to get out. It's it like... takes so long just to get to the airport. Uh, no, it sucks. <laughs> oh, my God damn it. So, like, when I – so it was, like, my trip here it took, like, over a day. Like, all these different buses have to go on because first you have to take a bus to out of Vermont to Dartmouth and New Hampshire. And then catch a bus to Boston for four hours for $40, $10 an hour, just to get out, just to get to the airport. But then you're at the airport two hours early. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Hopefully. But then, like, what if you land in the airport and the last bus back to Boston's already taken off? Then you're stuck in Boston for the night. Oh, I've had to do it before where I landed and then I had to wait two or three hours for the bus. To oh go back yeah, to yeah. I did that. I did that for Christmas. Make sure this is working. It is working. Yeah. Oh I my did. god, it's it's like it would take me twelve hours to get to the West Coast. Yeah. Like, nobody understood. They'd be like, "What's what? the big deal? Come no. to San Francisco." <laughs> it takes forever. Like, it's a nightmare. And I, I had the dog uh, with me the whole time. Oh yeah. So the fucking oh. dog would be under my seat on the bus oh, while I was watching like a Dolphin's Tale Part Two. I know. <laughs> it was a shitty movie they show you. Yeah, I watched uh, like Alexander and the Terrible Horrible Day or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, last time I, I came back into Boston from Denver after Christmas, and I, I went out to where the bus was, and there was a big line of people waiting, and there's a Dartmouth coach, and I, was, I stood in the line, and then the bus just starts pulling off, and I'm like, what, 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 where's the bus going? Yeah. And they're like, we're not waiting for that bus. <gasps> and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> so I was like, I had to go back in there, like, is there another Dartmouth coach coming? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's coming at like 7 o'clock or whatever. It's like the last one. So I was like, oh, God. So, like, the last one is at, like, 7 o'clock. And if you miss that, then you have to get, get a hotel room or sleep oh in the airport or something. It's a, yeah. That's fucked For, up. like, I feel like comic artists should, if you're, like, an active comic artist who's doing a lot of shows, you yeah. should live where an airport is, like, a drive away, maybe. That's how I feel about Portland. The airport's 10 minutes from my house. Oh, yeah, perfect. And then White yeah. River Junction is very different. Yeah, yeah, White River Junction is so out there. Like, and people are weirded out that you're there. They're like, what are you... Well, they're like, uh, hey, what are you doing that CCS fellowship for? Like, did you see when I posted that postcard on Facebook from Crumb? Mm-hmm. Where Crumb was like, Center for Cartoon Studies? What are you doing at a cartoon school? And he started, like, rambling about, like, why people shouldn't go to cartoon schools. He's like, if you want to be good at anything, you just read up on it and do it. It's like the same as, like, being a plumber. It's like, it's no different. And he just started trashing it. Oh, God. But, yeah. We can't comment on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you have, you have a relationship with Arkham? I just we just write like postcards. What do you say to him? I just ask him questions. Like I'll go like, oh, like I just sent a postcard to him before I left. That was like, is your house in Winters, California, still there? Like, is, do you know what's going on with that? Like, just like questions like that that I can't find answers for anywhere. You're like, do you need an heir? Yeah, exactly. Hey, can I? I told him I'm coming out to Angoulême. I didn't know how far away because he lives in the south of France. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, like, all of France is, like, Colorado or something. Mm-hmm. Like, come visit Angoulême. <laughs> Does he ever come here? He, I think he did the festival, like, one year, but mm-hmm. I don't know. For some reason, yeah, I think of it like Colorado. I thought he would just be here just because it's here. Yeah, exactly. I was like, ah, it's a small place. He'll be here. It's comics. Of course he'll be here. <laughs> He's like, Bonjour, Monsieur Crumb. Yeah. Can you imagine Crumb walking through that room just bumping into people? It's all crowded. Excuse me. He's like, ah. He's got a cane. He's just beating people. I saw his wife at Mocha. Was she, she, she nice? Great. Uh, was she nice? I, I don't know if I would call her nice, <laughs> but I, I'm so I I don't think she even has to be nice. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's like, true. I just liked her stuff, and I liked I was watching her. She does autobiographical work. Yep. Um, Aileen Kaminsky Crumb, and somebody asked, I can't remember. She was like basically, 
people feel like they know me from reading my work. Yeah. They do not know me. Yeah. And I, I was very happy to hear that. I oh, understand that. Yeah. yeah duh. I feel like I'm wasting our time together because we both do autobiographical work. Yeah. How do, do people, are you ever in scenarios where people act weird around you or feel like they know you? Yes. What do they feel like they know about you? Like everything. Because I did all those diary comics on Tumblr. So people will like go, you know, they'll come to me like, oh, you know, like for example, the Panera Bread thing. People are like, oh, you work at Panera Bread? Because they read my comics where I'm working there. Or like, uh, oh, that was messed up how Leah treated you, like this girl I was dating. Did you use her real name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucked up. Why is that? I didn't use her last name. That's true. Yeah, there's millions of Leahs. But yeah, so they all know. <laughs> what do you reserve like, oh, for yourself? I'm so yourself? sorry. Uh, like embarrassing stuff. I don't like draw myself jacking off. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. do any of that. Like a lot of boy cartoonists do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't do that. I don't show myself having sex ever. Uh, Maybe that's why I like your comics so much. Yeah, yeah. I like don't... Joe Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do any of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's it. Anything that's like it. that. Like, I just don't, and I don't, yeah, I don't show anything gross, really. What about heartbreaking uh, stuff? Yeah, I'll do that. No problem. No problem. Yeah, because that's more universal. Like, everybody can read that stuff, and and it's not, like, pervert, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Here's, uh, well. Maybe that's a weird Mormon thing from, like, being raised Mormon. Like, I have, like, a weird hang-up about putting sex in my artwork or something? I was raised Catholic, and I have a weird hang-up about putting yeah, sex in my artwork. Yeah, it must be that. Like, it's like, oh, no, 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 I shouldn't do that. That's wrong. <laughs> like, I'll draw, like, I drew going to first base on, like, the first page of my book, and I was yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt so racy yeah, and risky and crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I'm, like, straddling someone, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. This is getting real. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, I can't draw boobs very well. Really? Yeah, because I've never drawn, yeah, I've never drawn like a girl without her shirt on. <laughs> so I'm like really bad. At, God bless you, Noah. Yeah, I'm Skyver. really bad at that. It's like, if I did it now, I'd be like, I don't know. How to... It's like the 40 year old virgin. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, they're just like sandbags. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm still a virgin. I have you ever? I've had this realization before when I'm like, oh my god, I could draw a dirty picture for myself to look at. Oh yeah. Like you could, like you. Don't I could. Have to look, like if we were on a desert island, and yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Pornography, and you could. Yeah, I would have you to. You could draw a pornographic picture on a piece of paper. And just yeah, look yeah. At it. That's true. I could. It wouldn't look very good, but. Have you ever done that? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. I've, I've like I think once or twice when I like I like in a journal like draw sex happening, and yeah, then yeah. when I find it later, I'm so embarrassed. And oh ashamed. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, I'm the, I'd be the same way. It's that religion. That's what it is. Disgusting. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> What is your best uh, business advice or artistic advice? Uh, work harder than you thought you were going to, <laughs> you know, and try and spread out your work as far out as you can. What does that mean? Like uh, you try and submit to a lot of anthologies, trying to get in a lot of magazines. Just try and get your work everywhere you can. Don't just go like, I want to put out a book and then expect people to like pick it up because if they don't know who you are, nobody's going to buy your book. Mm-hmm. How long did you have to do that before you put out a book? Book. I, uh, I was uh, working eight years before uh, uh, the hypo came out, my first book, mm-hmm. and that was like self-publishing my work, putting it like all over the, you know, like having a I worked with Tony Shenton, the distributor, so just trying to spread it out, getting my work in anthologies, and then I'd go on these long tours with John Porcellino mm-hmm. to like promote my comic books that were five dollars. I was like going on these like tours for like months promoting something. You know, people do that for a graphic novel. But I was just trying to do readings and get my name out there so people knew who I was. So, yeah, I just worked really, really hard. I still do. It never ends. 
You and I have that in common, and that's how I found out about you, is from you touring with John Porcelino. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, who's this guy? Yeah. And then I read your work, and then I kept reading. I was like, oh, I love his work. I like his voice. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's what I, I mean. I put out zines for like 10 years, and then I was on tour. No, like 12 years or 13 years, and then I was on a tour, like a month-long tour for basically zero money almost. Yep. Reading a thing I wrote for free that wasn't even for sale, and then that's... Yeah. You know, so people are like, how did you get a book deal? And I'm like, well... Yeah, you've been around for a while. All you have to do is work for free yeah, for, yeah. like, 10 years. Yeah. And then tour on your own dime and leave work and, yeah. like, quit your job so that you can yeah. go on tour. And then one day, on the 30th day of a 30-day tour where you're in 28 cities... Right. You might meet a literary agent. Yeah. <laughs> and then after t reading about your terrible childhood. And if you're that lucky to have all those things lined yeah, up... Yeah. It is. It is mostly luck, but it is a mix of like luck and hard work too. Yeah. Because there are people who are like better artists than both of us mm -hmm. who cannot get their work. Nobody cares. That's the difference between us is that yeah. they don't have the drive. That's true. Yeah. And persistence. Yeah, we're the best. We are the best. Let's end it. Let's um, end it there. We're, we're the best. We're the best. <laughs>
dad character in Seventh Heaven. I think that was the part that made it very shocking. Really? A Star yeah. Trek guy I could see yeah. being a pedophile. Yeah. Not the dad. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe that's the opposite. Maybe always the dad. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But he, yeah, he, so, um, yeah, so I was getting, I was, and I was like replying back with like, thanks, I think you got the wrong Stephen Collins. And the amazing thing is that these people go from like urging you to commit suicide to like, like, oh, that's funny. Like, in, in, like, five seconds, it's like, oh, like, I'm, I'm afraid you got the wrong Stephen Collins. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. It's like, no, you were just trying to convince a, con- a stranger to kill himself. So then what happened when you got to the actual New York Comic Con? Oh, yeah, and so I was booked into the New York Comic Con, which was a slightly strange booking anyway, because, you know, there's no way that my comic is ever going to sell at New York Comic Con. Because <laughs> I mean, like, it's a superhero convention. Yeah, it's basically a superhero cosplay, like, convention. And it's, I was in this giant barn, like, giant, huge kind of, like, hall. And it's totally empty, and I'm there with my little comic, and nobody knows who I am. And, and the one lady who bought a copy um, came up to me. She was like, I've, I've done you a favour. I was like, what? And she was like, uh, the, I, I told them to take your, your picture and your name off all the literature and the websites and the promotion for this signing. And they'd, like, put him... Because he was a Star Trek actor. And so they'd, like, oh. they'd put him... They'd put him, like, completely publicised my signing as being this guy. And the tragic thing was, <laughs> I couldn't even get beaten up in New York for being a famous paedophile. You know? <laughs> so, so that's how... That's how, that's how successful my, my Breaking America was. But, um, yeah, I still get death threats. It's, no, not death threats. No, it's suicide um, encouragements. Suggestions. Yeah, it's like my little glimpse into the kind of the nasty side of the web. It's really uh, uh, social media, you know, because everything else I get is like, you know, cartoonist like fluffy niceness, where it's always like, oh, that's great, oh, that's great. Um, but then occasionally I get, oh, that's great, that's great. I really love your comic, I really love your comic. You should kill yourself, <laughs> you dreadful person. I like that people like, said, you played a pastor. Yeah, yeah, this is what upset them, you know. But I suppose, like, actors, people kind of let actors into their lives in this slightly sort of trusting way, don't they? They kind of see them as representative of, of other things, of something else that means something to them. And, and it turns out that they're like... Anyway, but this means I'm, I'm like... The, the the main Stephen Collins on Twitter now, yay. Hey, congratulations. Because he's, like, totally disappeared. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not, it's not I mean, it's, it's all a bit gross and All and you had to tragic, do was not but... go after children. Oh, That's all. God, yeah. That yeah. was easy for you, I Yeah, think. yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It's, uh, it's been... You succeeded. Yeah, I totally um, won on that score. Do you? I, should, I don't want to make, like, t- I mean, obviously, it's like a... I don't want to make too much, like, a funny, like, thing out of it. Obviously, it was, like, That's a horrific fine. thing that he did. But um, it's not fine. But yeah, we like, like gallows humor it, here. Yeah, like it's it's all um, just just being on like like having this. It was like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm that day. It was <laughs> just awful. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Panyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Sagittarian Matters. Ponyo and I were waiting outside of the bathroom at the cemetery, like we do.
and Panya was barking at a man, and I yelled, that's inappropriate, sit. And then she sat, and then the guy said, you know what, when I was a boy, we had a chihuahua, and he would bark like that. And the man upstairs, is real, he's real ugly. He comes down, he says, if you don't shut that dog up, I will. And my dad said, I'd like to see you try. So the man goes up to my dog and he puts his finger in the face. And he says, you better, you better bark at me. You gonna bark at me. And then I'll tell you what, that dog almost took his finger off. And then my dad took a pull of his, his drink and he said, nope, that's what I told you. Is that what he said? Damn near chewed his finger off. Damn near chewed his finger off. And then chewed it out. He said, chewed it all up. Damn near chewed his finger all up. <laughs> then a large man walked by, and Panya started barking. A large policeman. A large policeman. And the guy said, "What you fussing at? What you fussing at?" And then the guy that I've been talking to us said, "I'll tell you what. If she." <laughs> If she bit up on that guy, it may not be what she want. It may not be what he want, but it's all he want. <laughs> and then his friend, the large man, heard him, and he said, You think that's ugly? His friend said, What did he say? <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs>